0: What? Ah, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Seize the Day with Jim and Winston. Hey, Jim. Uh, how you doing, Winston? Good, good. Welcome
1: to our April two thousand and sixteen episode, which got prematurely cut earlier this month due to technical
0: difficulties. <laughs> oh yeah, but you know what? It makes it makes for a more interesting uh, podcast at the end of the day.
1: And it's isn't it funny? It ties into our episode
0: about taking time to think. Maybe our computers needed some time to think anyway. <laughs> Well, even they need uh, time to do that, albeit a little less than humans.
1: Yeah, it's a good time to have our uh, Jim and Winston reunion. I know our our, uh, worldwide listeners have been patiently waiting for this episode, so we'll jump right in it and uh, go over our topic of the day, which is um, thinking and taking time to
0: think. Yeah, you know, I I was uh, flipping through a few things on the internet and came across a post on uh, LinkedIn. Oh yeah, and the, and, and the, it it was exactly that topic. Taking time to think and and scheduling that, and and what what did that mean? Well, maybe it's uh, it's some reading, or you know, often in in the course of a day, you'll come across some information, but maybe you don't always get time to research it, mm-hmm. or you just want to sit back with your thoughts and and see where they take you. Yeah, so,
1: no, I, I get you on that. It's sometimes we we try to do a lot but we don't take time to actually think about it a lot you know
0: it exactly there i mean uh, in today's uh, busy world we often just jump from task to task to task and we don't really have much time to to think about potentially the ramifications of that sort of uh, process mm. And, and it's it's not about fine tuning the process. Maybe the time to think is to is to take you away from what your day to day is to read a book. Maybe that's the thinking level you want to be at. I also think music and a really good movie will do the same thing as well. Yeah,
1: it's uh, making sure that you have a little bit of downtime in order to really reprocess some of the thoughts and um, you know chew out some information that. Maybe, maybe ignored during the day because, you know, the time's just too busy, you know? Yeah.
0: You know, it takes me back to quite a few years ago. This would be well over 20 years ago. Wow. I came home one Wednesday afternoon in a, in a, you know, during a a late fall day. And it was, you know, I'd been laid off from my construction job at the time. So, you know, I had lots of time. And, um uh, just kind of turned on TV and all of a sudden there's, uh, you know, Canada Wales rugby game coming from, from Wales. Wow. In broadcast. And I, I thought, well, you know, there's a few things I know I wanted to do today, but this is, seems really interesting. So I closed the curtains, took the phone off the hook, and immersed myself in that event.
1: <laughs> well, good for you. You seized the day on that one. Yeah, exactly. And
0: how often do we do that anymore? Yeah,
1: that's true. We we tend to ignore that quite a bit, don't we? Yeah,
0: and <clears throat> I've been thinking about this quite a bit lately. Is you know, a, a lot of us have jobs that that um, a cell phone is a requirement of the job, mm. or even just personally, you know, uh, you know, the perception, and I I I uh, say that of, of being connected is is taking a much greater importance. You know, I think we've got to take some time every week and turn that phone off, be it for an afternoon or a weekend or a whole week, you know, depending on what's sometimes maybe even just an hour. Mm. And um, and not having those interruptions.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, and it has to be um, self-imposed a lot of times because it's very easy to get sidetracked. I, I noticed that, you know, certain times during the day, I'm starting to think, You know, what's really important here, and um, learning from seminars and uh, talks and things that I've attended in the past, it's all about, like, not only what you have to do in the day, but what you want to be. You know, like, what type of person do you want to be? Do you want to be somebody kind of, like, fighting fires every day and and, uh, tackling things as they come? Or do you want to take a moment and just figure out what's important and then prioritize the most important things and focus on those, you know?
0: Yeah. And, um, I'll, I'll, take it one step further. I, you know, I've been in, I don't know how many meetings or job site in inspections or whatever, and you know, one or two of the individuals there are constantly interrupting the process because they're responding to a phone call or a text message or whatever it is. And, um, I think that's very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It's, you, all these things have messaging capabilities to it. And, and in Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Workweek, he says, to manage your time more efficiently, you should have your email on auto-response all the time that says, I review emails at 10 and 2 and will respond to them at that time instead of every time an email comes in jumping from what you're doing, you know, going to that email. No, no different than a cell phone. I'm busy in a meeting right now. I'll respond to that at ten and two.
1: Yeah, that, that may, that's actually a good point because um, we're in a quick response world where everybody expects that the minute they send something out they want to reply like within five minutes and if it's ten minutes it's too late you know.
0: Yeah exactly and and uh, <laughs> I'll go to another guy who I heard something about on, on this uh, topic too and it, it, it relates to this topic but it's Dr. Phil and we teach other people how to treat us so if, if they know you know, they might get upset the first few times they encountered that, but if they know that's how we function, mm-hmm. then we're, we're teaching them that, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get back to you, but, you know, if you get that voicemail at 10 and 2 or, you know, 9 and 3 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, that's how I function.
1: Yeah, you've just trained... Uh, the system, so that it works a certain way right so yeah you've, exactly you 've taught people how that you respond,
0: and then they just either work with it or they don 't work with you right and and by doing that we 're able to focus much more and think much more on where we are at that time mm. and and, that- and act more respectfully to others that are in our company at that time
1: yeah, no, I agree, in fact, you know i 'll give you a real life example that happened to me recently of how that applies. Um, I was uh, shopping for a new car uh, a few weeks back, and I went through a lot of research and I compared different makes and models of cars. And I was looking for, you know, the uh, ideal vehicle that would kind of fit the needs of being sporty and then being classy, but not too over the top, and and all these features. And the ironic part of it was that although I was comparing features and prices of cars, in the end of the day, I gotta say it was the the salesperson that made the greatest part of the difference between cars. I realized quickly that the difference between cars is now shrinking between manufacturers. Um, you probably notice that too. The technology offered in most cars from mid-level to high-level are about the same. It's just the way that the, the features are executed within the, the car. But then when you actually get to the dealership, what you're weighing out as a consumer, you're still weighing
0: out your treatment when you get to the dealership. Yeah, and that comes in many ways. You're never going to buy a vehicle without some negotiation in it. Right. And how does that person conduct himself in that negotiation? Exactly. What is the person's knowledge of the vehicle? So there's a product knowledge aspect to every transaction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, if you get a better explanation on how something functions or... Someone says to you, "You know what, I don't know that answer, but I will get back to you mm-hmm. And if they get back to you, then you're starting to see some integrity and respect and and um, commitment to a, a business relationship.
1: Right, right. It shows that they actually genuinely care about your your concerns. And you know that's one thing i you know I, I went to a high-end car dealership and a really nice car. It was probably about 10k over what I was planning to spend, right. And, um, you know, before I walked on the dealership lot, he pretty much, if he had just done a half decent job on closing the deal, he probably would have got me to wiggle out another 10K, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what really, you know, um, threw off the deal actually was a, a comment that you mentioned earlier um, about, you know, about text messaging and, you know, when to turn off the phone and everything. And, you're, you're making a big purchase right and we were there and I was there with my wife We went after hours to go visit this dealership and test out the car and um, everything was going well in the beginning of the um, of the test drive portion but I just noticed that he just had a little bit of lack of experience on the social concept of you know how the decisions are made in car purchases you know there's probably fifty percent yourself and fifty percent your significant other that plays a role so Indirectly, how they how they treat your spouse is going to affect how you how you perceive the vehicle as well, right?
0: or oh, couldn't agree with you more.
1: Yeah, and so when they show you respect because they see you as the buyer, but then they ignore your spouse, who's also going to be sitting in the car, it kind of makes you think that, wow, you're really only concerned about the sale, aren't you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and then another thing that threw me off is that exactly what you're saying. He was getting text messages and phone calls, and then another client came in that, had to change the existing order and he made us wait for half an hour and then, you know, and he was getting messages and he just never seemed like he was fully there.
0: And, and that's that's probably a learned behavior from the cell phone.
1: Yeah, and as a result, yeah. as a result of that, Jim, um, he basically lost the sale on lack of etiquette,
0: if you really think about it. And he didn't take time to think of who he was dealing with and the social situation he was in and and what was required to make the sale.
1: Yeah, so I think... His lack of maturity on that level caused him to um, to blow a big sale? Actually, I mean it was there for his taking. If I had been treated like royally and I had a feeling that for the premium price I was paying for the car that I was getting premium service, then I probably would have swayed on it because I was in that mode to do that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I get you, and and that's you know maybe um, a bit of a lost skill in the in that
1: field and I think it's gonna cost him later on in multiple sales in the future too and that the sad thing is that most customers will not take the time to tell you that
0: yeah exactly
1: I, uh, I actually was courteous enough even after I made my decision to uh, uh, chose his favorite method of communication text <laughs> to text him back and let him know Thank you very much for the test drive but I've made another decision and, I, and the ironic part was that for a fellow that was very keen on texting me when he wanted my business he didn't even reply back after I
0: texted him that. <laughs> well, you know, we were exploring a, a vehicle purchase not too long ago ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it was somewhat initiated by the dealership and a guy at the dealership. And, and I'd already talked to the sales manager down there. And he actually hadn't really gotten back to me. Although maybe the ball was in my court. You know. <clears throat> Either way. So this sales guy kind of, I kind of joked and I said, "Hey, you know, I've already had a conversation around this with, with your sales manager, and, and uh, but you know, I'm interested in in seeing what you, what you may be able to do for me." And a friend of mine bought a, you know, vehicle that we could be interested in, and I gave him a specific price. And I know right now on the lot they're more than that. So if you're, if you're going to do business, it's got to come pretty close to what that deal was. Mm. And we're just exploring things. I said, we're not uh, out there really shopping. We're just exploring right now. So um, unfortunately, I you know, I had some busy stuff, so I was going to meet with them, and I had to blow that off because there was more important things, you know, work-based stuff. Mm. So, you know, we booked something the next morning, and, and my wife and I discussed it. And, you know, we, the current vehicle we have, it has very low kilometers. It's eight years old. We bought it brand new. It's still holding value. It still meets our needs. And, um, you know, why maybe take on a little bit of debt to get something that, you know, maybe we can wait a couple years for. Right. So, you know, I phoned him back and I said, uh, you know, thank you very much for initiating the meeting. And and I knew, I said, I know I did say I was going to come down to meet with you today to see see what potential existed, but, you know, my wife and I have had a conversation and and we just don't think it's in our best interest to make a move right now. And, you know, I apologize for having to have booked your time, but it, it won't be necessary. And his response to me, he says, wow, I really appreciate you getting back to me. Most people don't do that. Wow. And my response to him, well, that would be disrespectful, you know, just as a you know, and act as a person, you know, whatever integrity you may have, I, I should still respect your time, whether we are or aren't going to do business. It's a simple phone call that takes a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, or even a, in your case, a text reply from them, you know, thank you very much. If there's anything I can do for, for you in the future, please don't hesitate to call. You know, it's, it's, it's just act of respect is all.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And you know, what was a curious situation is that uh, two out of the three salespeople that I was dealing with uh, did exactly that. I wrote them and I I took the time and tell them that uh, I made a different decision. I made a decision to go with someone else. And two of the fellows said to me, wow, yeah, well, congratulations on your new car and, you know, um, maybe next time kind of thing and if you need anything else. And I could really sense that they were trying to build a longer term relationship knowing that, I mean, three, four years down the road, I'm going to be doing this again, right?
0: Yeah, and they've obviously put some thought to to how to function in the in their business setting.
1: Yeah, and I just thought that, um, you know, like, wow, that's pretty classy. And it, actually, the funny thing is that, you know, as a buyer, you always wonder if you made the right choice. So then you see how classy the people are when you tell them that you're not going to buy something and you're impressed when they
0: actually handle it so well, right? (laughs) And, and you know, I'll go on to say the person that was successful in the sale, Mm -hmm. hopefully he realizes that he's entering into not just a sale but a business relationship that could be very valuable to both of you.
1: Yeah, and you know what's interesting? Um, The fellow I picked I'm very happy with. Um, There's some parts of the service aspect that wasn't due to him on that that didn't work out as clean as it should have, but they did resolve themselves eventually. But I got to say, what was impressive to me is not the, the, the service before the sale, but even the after-sales service. Uh, my fellow that was working with me, uh, I had some questions and he followed up and he responded quickly. Even though he had a pending vacation to go to, he made time to make sure it was taken care of before he
0: left. And I appreciated that. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it, it, it's amazing Then, the number of people that won't take that step, and the ones that do, really shine. Yeah.
1: So you know, you get you get these people that are um, are just you know, and actually, you know, uh, you know, it's funny when I look back at my decision making and taking time to sort out our thoughts, and that was like kind of our theme of this this podcast, anyways. Is that you know, you know, as much as we want to make logical choices in Key decisions sometimes, there's always an emotional factor that comes into play, right? And I was saying to my wife, I said, you know, if the same sales guy worked at that higher end luxury dealership, I would have bought that car instead, just based on the way that I was served at that, that
0: particular place. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny the way some of those things can follow a person. You know, we did a, a property sale last year late April, you know, and we had the property listed with the realtor and, and, uh, you know, there wasn't much action just because it was winter time when it was listed and winter time in Cranbrook is a very slow real estate time. Mm-hmm. And we, we were well aware of that. An Easter weekend hit and shortly after Easter weekend, we had an offer mm-hmm. and the offer was not meeting our line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we tried a little bit of negotiation and everything, and, and you know, our realtor obviously didn't read us because we shared with her what our la- line in the sand was. Right. And she kind of came off and recommended that we take that offer. It's been on the market for a long time, blah, blah, blah. I said, we're just entering the hottest period of the real estate market, post-Easter. I said, we're, you know, carrying costs aren't that arduous. It takes us another month or two, and there's $10,000 difference. You know, that's not much of an investment to make. We're confident that this is a quality property and that'll happen. Mm-hmm. Well, in less than 24 hours, we had another offer. And she went back to both of them and said, there's two offers on the table. Come back with your best offer. So we ended up getting just over full listing price. Wow. It was a bit of a reduction. You know, we, we took a little bit of a haircut in trying to move the thing to sell. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, you know, we did... You know, just by taking a little bit of a, you know, and we thought deeply about this. We put a lot of thought into it, should we be jumping into this? Mm-hmm. And you know, so the difference was ten thousand five hundred dollars. That was pretty significant to us. And as a percentage of that time, I think it represented about seven percent of the value of the property. Right. right. So it that weight and and our our contemplation on it basically paid the commission for the house and put a little change in our pockets too. Nice. Uh, so, you know, and, and you know, the realtor again came back and said, oh, I can't believe you guys, you know, you got a full price offer, and, you know, my parents had sold the house, a, you know, a little, a, within a year of that, oh, you guys are able to get full price offers, I can't believe that. I you know, Both my wife and I thought, that's an inappropriate com- comment to make, you know. Yeah. So, we, we we had a condo that we were selling this year, and a similar situation went on the market in a very slow time. And you know, we're lucky to have a buyer, and it closes uh, you know middle of this coming up week. And we just sold it ourselves. We didn't bother going back to that realtor just because of those comments. Right, right. So you know, it's he, clearly she didn't take the time to think about what she was putting out there.
1: Yeah, and you know it's it's odd because you'd think that um, you know they clue in after they make a couple of like they can read the body language too, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's not like it's it's irreconcilable; like it can fix these situations just by being tuned in. And uh, you know, if you're in the in the service business, you got to be really tuned on seeing, um, you know, how tuned in other people are, but, but what you're sending out, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we could all stand to take a, a two-day course on on uh, nonverbal communication. Right, and and you know, getting back to the whole cell phone um, text messaging communication, all those non uh, visual ways to pick up on those cues. Right. And, I mean, on a phone call, you can pick up on tone. But on a text message and an email, sometimes tone is implied, or sometimes tone is misunderstood. So there's you're you're not getting those those non auditory or visual cues on how things are being perceived. Right. Right. That that should be why we still do meetings today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. Yeah. No, it, it's um quite something. You know, I, I think back. Um, To all the times that um, I just try to get things done, but didn't really take the time to think about what I was doing, Um, and you realize that wow, it's so it's so easy to get sidetracked and not really get the thing that like let's let's take an example. Um, Let's say your your goal today is to mow the lawn, and um, so you get your lawnmower up, blades all rolling, and then you're thinking as, as you're starting up the motor. Sure enough, you're low on gas, and then you look at the gas container you got, and then it's like, well, boy, I'm short on gas. I better go fill up some gas before I start this project. So you get the little uh, jerry can, and you drive over to the gas station and pick up some gas. There you go. You need to see your buddy Jim <laughs> filling up some <laughs> gas, too. Hey, Jim. <laughs> and then Jim goes, hey, let's go for some coffee. I say, hey, seize the day. Let's go get some coffee. <laughs> I've got the gas can in the car. I've got Jim at the Tim Hortons, and I'm thinking, Wasn't I supposed to do something today? (laughs) An hour or two later, get back home with that jerry can, and I'm just about to put that that gas into the the good old lawnmower. And then the neighbor rolls up and says, Hey, can you help me out? My TV's not working. And you know how to fix TVs, right? So why don't you come on over and give me a hand? Well, okay, I guess I'll put that aside a second. (laughs) Suddenly it's 4 o'clock from my 9 o'clock venture, right?
0: Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with the, a little bit of spontaneity when you see, especially if it's a friend you haven't seen in a while. For sure. How does how does spending a bit of time with that friend compare to cutting the grass? Exactly, it doesn't put in a much high priority, does it? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you seize the day by changing the task. <laughs> yeah. But if you're having a, you know, if you're having a barbecue that night. And you're having friends or family over, or and family, mm-hmm. and the the lawn needs like it looks like it needs a little bit of attention, and you know you you want people to feel, you know, comfortable and and uh, also appreciated when they come to your home, and maybe that is the presentation of the, you know, the yard and all that. Then maybe you know, hey, uh, yeah, I got 15 minutes for a quick coffee, right? You mm-hmm. can still do it, but you don't have a a lot, a lot of time, time right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So yeah. You, you just got to stay focused on, you know, um, sending out what our thoughts are and what, what our intention is. Not that the end of the world uh, is not. Now, I need this to say, you know what? I've solved the problem with this lawn mowing situation. I decided, you know, you look at how much time you have in your day and you look at how much time you have in your life. And I think I put into my lawn mowing for 40-something years. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know what? I recommended these um, uh, gardeners to my neighbor, and they're older, so they they actually really enjoy having the gardener coming over every week Now that for me that'd be a bit excessive because I'm not that into botanical gardens and keeping things that up to date, but I do appreciate it every once or two uh, every two weeks to have someone you know trim the edges and mow yeah. the lawn because I got a fairly good sized lawn front and back and I thought, how much would that cost? so I checked it out and it's only forty dollars to do a, a front and back mowing of the of the lawn with trimming, and I thought, you know, for the amount of time it takes me to get the lawnmower out, to get the gas, keep the lawnmower maintained, and then dedicate a day, or at least half a day, to get that all done properly, I'm better off giving them the money, and uh, giving them the 40 or $80 a month, right, to let them yeah. take care of that, because they're already on a system, you know, I mean, it, it, they do it on the same day that they do my neighbor's house, and then they just come on over, and within a half an hour, they're in and out, Right.
0: Yeah, and you're 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 both saving a little bit of money because um, two clients are side by each, so yeah. the mobilization is and demobilization is saving you both, or should anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know it's um, it's just so straightforward to me that this is the way it should be because. Now that I've I've given up the need to do that, and, and keeping in mind later on in the, the summer, it's going to be so dry if I don't water the lawn because of the water restrictions. There's no real need to, to even um, mow the lawn at some point because those just be crisp grass, right? <laughs> so I mean, I, I may only have to do this for three more months, and I'm good for the season.
0: <laughs> well, and you know you you know getting back to our central topic, you you looked at you, you took some time to think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Looked at the cost, looked mm-hmm. at the benefit, mm-hmm. you know, and and maybe even put into that, you know, if that gives me a little more time to either relax or and or maybe spend on my business, mm-hmm. I'll pay for that, you know, one one sale in a month because you've got that time, has paid for that um, that cost of, of having somebody do that for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, weighing that out, I've started to get a little bit more wise with my time. You know, sure, you can take care of a lot of things yourself, but if it's out there and somebody can provide a, a high quality service that's going to make you happy. I mean, I got ha- to tell you, Jim, every time I pull into my yard, uh, into my lot after they've mowed the lawn, it's like, wow, that looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it even looks nicer when they take away all the grass and they leave it pristine and they blow out the, the side so there's no grass that's lying around on the side and... You know, there's no, like, tracks or treads from my lawnmower, dragging it across the driveway to to put the lawnmower back or anything, right? Yeah, so they do a good job. They do a really good job. And then I love the fact that they take the grass away so that I don't have to, like, you know, during recycling day to put the
0: the yard trimmings out too. Well, (laughs) just from a humorous humorous perspective, you know, a good friend of mine, he he lives down in your neck of the woods there. Mm. Um, You know, I said to him... uh, You should should look at getting one of those real lawnmowers. You know, you can cut your grass any time of the day you want. It's not going to wake anybody up. They do a nice job, you know. Your lawn's not as big as mine. You could probably knock it off in a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, first thing in the morning before work or whatever. He said to me, Jim, I cut checks. I don't cut grass. (laughs) 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 I like that. Anyway, uh, you know, I I had a bit of a challenge recently getting to the uh getting to our yard. The back wasn't so bad. The front looked pretty shabby. Uh, you know, we definitely, you know, I need to be able to find some times, some sustained time to be able to do a punch the yard and top dress it with a bunch of sand and overseed and you know, improve it, you know, generally and it needs some grading to to get some water away from the house and you know, things like that, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So that's a fairly major investment in time, but you know the maintenance aspect of it for now is you know knock down the the grass. Well, unfortunately, uh, you know this time of year dandelions are prevalent, and I'm more just leveling off the weeds. But <laughs> you know it's been a couple of weeks before I really had a chance to get to it, and and uh, I thought, well, you know maybe this is a bit of a, a security benefit to me. People will look at my front yard and think, oh this kind of, you know, not well maintained, you know, maybe they don't really have much, so I won't rob them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was trying to look for the silver lining and the shabbiness of the front, so. That's, (laughs) I love that. That's funny. Oh Man, you
1: know what, what's interesting is that, you know, Jim and I were planning this uh, podcast last month, and um, we had some technical difficulties because our internet line got cut, uh, not by our problems, but external forces. And then we thought this time we'd just kind of roll with the same topic and just kind of um, freelance it a little bit. And I think it worked out rather well, don't you think, Jim? Oh, spectacular. Yeah. So, you know, which leads us into next month's episode, which we'll be talking about shortly. Uh, it'll be our May episode, which we'll be focusing on a different topic. What should we talk about next month there, Jim?
0: Well, you know, we've, we, we kind of went from time to think to time to rest. Yeah, that would be a good you know, topic. Yeah, rest can come in a whole bunch of different ways. It doesn't mean you're lying on the couch watching golf all weekend or whatever. But you know, we we also threw in the idea of of uh, vacation, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes a vacation can be a restful thing, and sometimes it it cannot be a restful thing. Right. You know, depending on how we use that vacation. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. So and and, and maybe even. The vacation versus the staycation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we're going to explore those sorts of uh, ideas in that. And, and also, you know, in that uh, we're going we're gonna to throw maybe the time not to think, just to be. Yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: Well, I think that's, that's a great way to wrap up April. And we can move on to our May episode shortly. But we want to thank our listeners of Seize the Day with Jim Winston once again for this April 2016 episode. Um, have any audioses to say there, Jimmy? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, nothing wrong with taking some time to think. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it can be reading a book. It can be uh, listening to a bit of music. It can just be solitude. You know, there's all sorts of different ways that you can achieve it. But uh, turn off the cell phone. Give yourself an hour, two hours, an evening, a day, whatever it takes, and just take some time to think. All right. I think that's great. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining
1: us, and we'll catch you next month.